You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 360. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be with you today. If you're curious about a little personal update from me, Atlas and I have moved house. We've moved from one part of Lisbon to another. You may have seen it on Instagram if you follow me there. We're making our place as cozy as we can for the time that we're here. We're not sure how long we'll be staying, so we're just making it cute and comfortable for our time that we're still remaining. I'll give you more details as I have more to share, but that's a little cryptic message of we've moved, but not sure for how long. In other news, I've also been doing Elevate with Intention. I have loved doing Elevate with Intention over the last four weeks of June. So much, so much working with everybody that's been in the class for the last three to four hours per week, or per, yeah, session per week. So about 16 hours total coaching in the hot seat with so many members and so many different topics. I loved it immensely. I'm going to do it again. I'm actually extending the class as an option for those that have taken the first four weeks of the class and anybody else that hasn't taken Elevate already can do so and get the recordings that came from the June class, but also be live on the coaching calls in July. So for the next four weeks of July, I'm so excited to be doing more hot seating with clients that want to be together. So if this ends up becoming a smaller group than it was in the first Elevate with class, that's even more likely if you're able to make the time that we're doing the classes, that you'll be able to be in the hot seat, possibly very, very possibly multiple times. So it's really cool because I get to know you personally and I get to help you in the hot seat with whatever is going on, whether it's relationships, career, abundance, health, you name it. We talk about it (laughs) in these kind of coaching calls. So you don't have to be super direct to the content of Elevate, but you'll have all of the content content of Elevate. It's more like kind of like group talk with Jess calls. And I love them so much. I love the questions people ask. I love being able to talk about so many different topics. So openly and spontaneously and inner voice with people as needed, beanbag release as needed. It's just a true joy. So if you want to join us, you can go over to jesslively.com slash elevate with intention and you can register there and I'll see you this week and the remaining weeks to come in July. Okay, now let's go on to our questions for today. Starting with Emily Hardy Photography who asks, I'm not going to articulate this question well, so feel free to skip over (laughs) if you want to. I find it difficult to implement these teachings into real life. I own a business that requires a lot of attention as the I am the only employee I have a busy two-year-old a husband with a demanding job that keeps him out of the house a lot a dog bills to pay etc same as most people I'm not even sure what advice or help I'm even needing maybe any tips on getting into flow trust etc when daily life things need to happen still thank you so much okay great question she also has a second one I'll go to after this one but for this question of general tips around busy life and how to get into the flow and so forth. I would do small baby steps, of course, starting with your inner voice and asking what it wants to do next and following its lead. So in the day, day, you know, stuff that you've got to do, I try to flow with your inner voice, guiding you to the next steps and the next actions. You may do them in different order than what your mind thinks is the right way, but you might find a smoother experience of your day by listening to your inner voice. So that's one thing you could do. If you're not great at listening to your inner voice yet, we have the foundation living room classes all year. We're giving free support to the public. So you are welcome to join any of those classes to get better at hearing your inner voice and the 
other thing I think that would be amazing is releasing bean bags. So we had, for example, someone in Elevate with Intention in June who was a mother of one little one and was pregnant with her second. And she came into the hot seat because she was already like exhausted by the idea of having the second and having to have two little ones at the same time. She was already imagining the sleepless nights and everything she had to do for the first one and then for the new little one on the way. So we did a beanbag release for her and five minutes later after the beanbag was gone, the situation hadn't changed at all, but her experience and perception of what she was gonna face, even though it was exactly the same scenario, felt completely different to her just because the beanbag wasn't there. So when the beanbag that was connected to that story of dread that she was feeling was gone, she felt calmer. It didn't change the fact that the two babies will be there. It didn't make her more alert in the future. It just made her less trepidatious and less exhausted by the experience or even the idea of the experience. So that would also be a hugely powerful tool. If you haven't learned how to beanbag release, these also come up in the living room class sessions. So learning that tool through one of these living room classes, if you haven't yet already, would be an amazing gift to give yourself just to release some of the heavy feelings about everything you have on your plate because you have a lot. So I would definitely see about releasing some of those beanbags because again, clarity emerges, the inner voice is easier to hear, and you're going to be able to be in the flow of your own wisdom within you day to day in small and subtle ways. So don't look for like major overhauls. I would take this small and step by step, but I think tuning into your inner voice and releasing beanbags that come up understandably by all the things you have going on. I'm sure some beanbags are happening too with everything that you have. So that just releasing those will just give you so much more clarity and trust and all that flow and juice I think will just continue to go even more smoothly as you go along. Okay, now she has also a second and amazing question. I have never had more questions than I have in this Q&A. So I'm excited to dive in, but this one is so perfect that she submitted this first because it's such a good summary of what I think a lot of people are wondering about right now. So any tips on living in America right now, meaning living in an environment where mass shootings happen daily, often in schools, women's rights have been rolled back 50 years, racism and oppression around every corner, etc. Okay, so that's obviously a huge topic on the country of America specifically, but this also would work for the pandemic, the war in Ukraine, and other countries as well. There's so much happening, and especially, like she points out, in America right now. Any tips on dealing with it is basically what she asks. And I love that she asked this because she said tips on dealing with it. She's coming from a place of sovereignty within herself. She's asking for tips for herself, not what to do or what I should do. She wasn't looking outside of herself for I don't even know, some 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 guidance. She was asking for what she could do within herself. And I am so excited to share this because this is something I think will be not surprising. I'm going to say your inner voice is what will guide you through all of this, no matter this or so many more things that are on the horizon for us as a species with technology, artificial intelligence, and biology transforming before our eyes for the first time in our humanity. It is going to be, this is, this is like the tip of the very large iceberg that is to come. All of these changes that are coming up that she's sharing are deep and profound things in our lives right now. But this is only the practice for the transformation of what it means to be human in biology, robotics, artificial technology, the work, what money means. There's so many hugely transformational things that humanity has never experienced before. And in the next five to 30 years, we'll be going through. So we're really just getting 
the changes are getting stirred up, you know, the pot is getting stirred from all of the things we've mentioned in this and obviously the war in Ukraine and so many other things happening in the planet. The peace is not on the exterior in any of these situations, obviously, but the guidance and the peace for you on the situation is within yourself. So if you have a direct experience that is directly in these areas affecting you, it's very possible in all compassion (laughs) that you'll have a beanbag related, emotional beanbag related to one of these things. And you'll know that because you'll feel this physical reaction to the news. When the news is shared, there can be compassion for people going through difficulty or there can be extreme, compelling empathy. When that empathy, I can feel what they're feeling, go, where do I feel what they're feeling? So when you see the news and you feel the feelings they're feeling, go into your body and feel, is this mine or is this theirs? And if it's something also that connects to something you've experienced in your life that you're able to empathize with, you can beanbag and release that feeling. This is not to say that their experience is invalid. What we're doing is releasing the tension and heaviness that connects to that kind of experience in yourself, because it'll be very hard to hear your inner voice and the peaceful wisdom and advice for you and what action is aligned for you to take on that topic and help the world in a helpful, truly powerful way. If the beanbag is on top of it, it'll be very hard because the emotion in the mind, it wants to protect or project that beanbag. So when there's a big emotional response, it wants to fight and yell or defend or kick and scream. It's going to do all sorts of things in order to protect that beanbag, to not feel in a true sense of awareness and release it. So when you find those things come up, doing a beanbag, again, going to the living room, take a look, see if there's one that sparks your interest in a topic and learn the beanbag thing alone, because this is going to be so powerful to just getting rid of the tension in your body. It's not changing the outer world, but the inner world that you're feeling is those beanbags in you. And so releasing yourself from those is honestly the first step to helping the planet is to helping yourself clear yourself out because no one else can get rid of your beanbags for you. Only you can. And those people that you might see on the news, they also have to get rid of their own beanbags for themselves. It's it's an inner job. Like you're, you know, you have to, if you have COVID, your immune system has to make you better. Someone else's immune system doesn't make you better. Your immune system has to heal you from what's within you. So your beanbags have to be dealt with inwardly and so do others. Of course, we don't want to spread them. So the less beanbags we have within ourselves is just like the virus, the less we're spreading more trauma and pain in the world because our minds aren't projecting and protecting from them, which is really just causing the spread of that emotional intensity. So first kind of clearing the path if you need to on a specific subject, or maybe there's a subject that's very upsetting, but it's not blocking your connection to your inner voice. It's very clear to say, yes, I don't agree with whatever's happening. Okay. But if there's no immediate connection, there won't be that extreme inner turmoil, physical feeling in you to go to find to release, but then you just go straight in. So either before or after a beanbag release, (laughs) try to find your inner voice in the subject. Inner voice, what do you want me? Here's some example questions you could ask on a subject, and it can be any of these subjects about America or other things that come up in the future or other countries. So you could ask some questions like this. Inner voice, how do you see this situation? Shootings the women's rights, blah, 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 all the things. Just say, whatever the subject is, how do you see these? Inner voice, are you okay with this happening? Yes or no? Find out what it says. And you have to really, again, go to the living room to find out how to hear your inner voice and not just use your mind 
I call it spiritual wizarding and pretending to be your inner voice. And then finding the truth about it and finding the peace inside of yourself on the subject, you can later go, because your mind doesn't have to agree with your inner voice. So your mind can say, this is not okay. And there may very, very likely be a part of your inner voice that finds compassion, non-judgment, and love amidst even terrible, terrible, terrible situations to the mind. So finding that wisdom inside of yourself about the situation is your key to your freedom and also your ability to help problem solve this because your inner voice, as Abraham Hicks would say, is always coming from the level of where the solution is. It's always at peace. It's always at a state of compassion and non-judgment for you. If you're doing something that your mind doesn't like, like let's say you have a bad habit or you keep freaking out at your kids or your partner or something like that, and you really dislike this aspect even of yourself, it doesn't even have to be a global different event. Your inner voice is not judging you. Your inner voice, your wise part of yourself is not condemning you, nor let's say if your partner is the one doing this to your children or doing it to you, your inner voice is not condemning your partner. Your inner voice does not condemn. So when you go into your inner voice, say, what would you like me to do next about this situation? Would you like me to donate money? If so, where? Would you like me to follow the news on this subject? Yes or no? Ask a lot of questions to get the guidance that's unique and perfect for you. Everyone is activated into activity, into aligned action on different subjects. You don't necessarily find that your inner voice will guide you to do the same exact thing on all different scenarios. It may be different for different people. It may activate on different subjects. And that's the beauty of the unity of the inner voices is that when you go there, you're going to find this clarity and this connection that's already peacefully connected to everyone else. Even if other minds are acting in very chaotic, crazy ways, it's almost like the inner voices are part of a collective unity that are all still at peace. So even that person that's Let's say, for example, doing a shooting, God forbid, their inner voice is still at peace and non-judgment of the body that they're living through taking that action. And if any IVFT people that, you know, obviously have done a lot of inner voicing with themselves and clients know it's almost baffling to the mind to hear this level of peace and understanding and compassion, but then also kind and compassionate action forward as well. So finding that place inside of yourself to guide you on every topic is exactly where I'd recommend going. And it's actually what I do for myself as well in all of these topics when things happen. And right now there's kind of a pattern on social media, kind of a trend to talk about new situations when they happen. I always go into my inner voice and ask my inner voice what it would like to say. Of course I would do that. <laughs> I wouldn't be just lively with IVFT if I didn't do that, right? Step one, go inward. But my inner voice always has me be in stillness during those times. And in certain scenarios, some of them mentioned in your question, it has been so hard. Some of the most difficult times of the pandemic were for me, emotionally speaking, during the times my inner voice told me to be still and say nothing. It was excruciating at times to my mind because it's not at all what my mind wanted to do. My mind wanted to say, it wanted to share, it wanted to connect, it wanted to talk about it like everyone else was. It's, it felt to my mind like everyone else was talking about it. And it wanted to also. But I had a choice to make. Was I going to be a hypocrite and talk even though my inner voice said not to? Or was I going to do what I say to do, which is go in my inner voice and listen? And that's actually what I would have even said to people. I was, I was upset in my mind that my inner voice wouldn't even let me say <laughs> go into your inner voice right now. It wouldn't even say that. It was to say, it just told me to be still 
do nothing. Now in that, I'll say also, I had huge beanbag releases around some of those topics as well. And even in other ones that I don't have beanbags specifically around, it still invites me to stillness and silence and peace within. So that's what I'm doing. I'm not doing this because my, for example, for mine as a tip on it, I'm not doing this because my mind wants to. I'm doing it because I'm doing what my inner voice tells me to do. And if it told me to do something different, I would. But it would be disingenuous for me to go against my inner voice to tell you guys to listen to your inner voices because that's the whole point is to go inward. So anyways, that's my own personal little journey with this as well, Emily, is because, you know, there's so many different expectations on different people. And one of them being if you have a podcast like this or social media or something is to be talking about what's happening. And or at least that's my mind's perception. I don't think that everyone feels that way, of course, but that's my mind story around it. And I've realized now also there is obviously my mind is starting to see the wisdom in it. It's not always easy for my mind when subjects happen that are very upsetting to my mind, but it's what I've got to work with. So I'd say the same for you, Emily, or anyone else that's worried about or curious about this topic is go within and do what it says to do within, even if it's uncomfortable, because this place inside of us is so much wiser than the mind. We can have compassion when the mind just like flares up and blows up. Of course it does. There's usually when it does that, it does it from a beanbag. It does it from an emotional place. But when there's stillness and when there's this ability to hear within, we can do the actions we're meant to take. And I still took other actions, just not public ones, because that's what my inner voice said to do publicly was to be still. So that was my option to take or to ignore. But I want to model, I want, I am living this. I'm not just teaching this because I think it's a good idea. <laughs> I'm living it as well. So yeah, that's not always comfortable for me, but that's what I've been given so far. And I love also the ability through the foundation we have with the Emotional Wellness Brigade and for me personally, the foundation of the living room now to be able to hold space for so many people to hear their inner voice and beanbag release. So that's something that's great and easy for me to do, but there'll be different things for different people to take action on, and there'll be different times when inner voices will say to go to stillness. So there you go. That's my very, hopefully, kind of universal answer to any specific topic that comes up now or in the future. Okay, so now we have some other questions. We have Charlotte K. Coach who says, what does your inner voice say about the overturning of Roe versus Wade in the U.S.? Great question. Okay, my inner voice, oh, this is challenging for me to say out loud. I just heard not mine to decide. So the way I interpret that, that's challenging for my mind to say to you, because of course it doesn't sound very PC to say not mine to decide, but I think my inner voice is kind of seeing that, I, I guess if I'm looking at that from the mind now, like not mine to decide, why is it not mine to decide? Because it's not your decision to deal with. That's true. I mean, technically I haven't lived in America for five years and I live in Portugal now and I guess it isn't mine to decide, but my mind still is attached to, well, I lived for 31 years of my life in America and I still have an American passport. What about that? But not mine to decide is all I hear over and over and over again. So that is what I hear. I would say, Charlotte K. Coach, go into your inner voice, ask your inner voice, what does it say about the overturning of Roe versus Wade for you and anyone else listening? Of course, your inner voice is going to give you the guidance of its truth and also guidance to activity if it's meant to take some in your reality as well. So there we go. Okay, now we have Feeling Fresh, you said... 
How do you make friends in a country where English isn't the language? You seem to have friends wherever you go. Oh, thank you, Feeling Fresh. Well, to be fair, I'm speaking mostly English wherever I go. I have a bit of Portuguese and Spanish from my childhood, you know, college and high school years. But I haven't made friends, to be 100% honest, in any foreign language because I don't know the languages well enough to have a full, very long, in-depth conversation. So where I've been, and also the travels over the years, I was going to conferences that were spoken in English, um, even if they were in the Philippines, for example, with a business workshop I went to, or if I was in London, obviously they speak English in London. So I was, I was in conferences all over the world or Costa Rica with Eckhart Tolle, but Eckhart Tolle was speaking English. So I was going to conferences in many places that didn't speak English, but the conferences that took me to those countries that didn't speak English were spoken in English. So the guests and the people there usually had English as a first or second language. And then the other countries that I spent a lot of time in not learning in conference mode uh, were the UK. Bali has a very strong expat community that's largely English speaking. Portugal, English is incredible. So it's, especially in Lisbon, extremely easy to live uh, because tourism's also so high and Portuguese people are so good at English, especially in Lisbon and even in Porto. Not quite as much, I find, as consistently as in Lisbon, but the tourism, I think, and just how good they are at multiple languages just makes that a very easy thing. But also expats, I find even in the co-working places I've been in the world where there's people from all over, English tends to become most of the time, the the spoken language between Germans, French, English, Aussies, Kiwis, Americans, Balinese, you know, the, a lot of people know English that I've come across. So I'm still speaking English to make friends wherever I go. And I spent a lot of time in Australia, London. I even had a friend jokingly tell me that I just... I like American cities with funny accents because I spent all this time in Australia and London and they're arguably not very different from the US. And I think he was kind of obviously teasing me, but I think he was, yeah, he loved more um, adventurous travel than I did at the time. I was just going to where I liked being and where I felt comfortable and easy to go. I was not traveling to be an intrepid explorer and National Geographic at all. If anything, I would have like never sold my house if I knew how long I'd be traveling. So I just kept going to where it was comfortable. And I think English speaking was a part of what made me feel, you know, like a place to go would be a place to go. Even Cape Town is English speaking. So yeah, there's just a lot of places that I went that happened to speak English or had expat communities speaking English. So that's how friends were made everywhere. It would be more hard, I think, to actually not be very fluent in a language and make lots of friends. I think it still could be done, of course. I wouldn't say it's a limitation in every situation, but I think it's easier when there's a common way to communicate. So, all right, next up, we said, if we do a Q&A, would you talk about intentionally working on beanbag releasing on a specific issue versus just feeling where there is a beanbag, perhaps not knowing what the issue of the beanbag is about? Okay, yes. So if you have a specific thing, a specific trigger, like the news or like an email that comes in or someone that pulls out in front of you in a car or something that happens to you, that that's usually, and you get triggered, you feel this big reaction that someone else might not have to the same situation, chances are that's an emotional beanbag. And you can go in then and that moment if you catch it, or even later when you think about it later on, and you can release it. So that's a very targeted one. Where did I feel that feeling? Where was that feeling? And go tune into it and then obviously release. And then also for the just general heaviness that beanbags kind of feel, I would lay in bed for many years over the time of knowing how to beanbag 
and would just lay in bed before sleeping and just scan the body for heavy spots. And then I would find those kind of undefinable but present beanbags. So if you do, and I fully recommend doing the the inner voice sessions on the living room for free, do like good living room classes and do some beanbagging there to really get the hang of beanbagging so that you really don't keep repeating the same emotion and actually release it in full clarity so it doesn't keep popping back up. But um, then you could still do that when you lay in bed as well. Okay, I'd buy Jessica. Meat Magic said, I'd buy a Jessica beanbag. Aw, that's cute. Okay, that's funny. Yeah, we should just like get beanbags made, right guys? Just like as a little thing on your desk, those little tiny ones. Next up we have Kristen Giles who says, I'm going to Detroit for the first time in a few weeks. Any recommendations for your time there? Restaurants, coffee shops, etc. A lot of conflicting Google results on which areas are safe and I'm planning on trying to flow in my trip with no fear. Great job. I think Chris, Kristen, I think Detroit is awesome. I hope you enjoy it immensely. I am going to list off the name of restaurants and places I loved. All of them I always felt safe and walked most of the parts of Detroit, but in these areas. Uh, some of them, if they were further out from downtown Detroit, I would take an Uber to, but that's usually because they were just so far away from where I was. So it would take maybe a mile or so, or not mile, just like maybe even a few miles away. I think West Village might not be the like the easiest walk to take. So for those that like West Village, I would take a, an Uber, but otherwise I didn't have a car the whole time I was in Detroit. So I would just walk everywhere and especially up and down, um, what is it, Woodward Avenue, like you'll be fine. Like I lived in Midtown, which is a really cool little spot of the areas. You could see you're going to be there. I don't know how long you'll be there. You didn't say the dates and how long. So you may not make it all the way up to Midtown, it's like a mile and a half, I think, from the downtown of Detroit. But the downtown's stunning. If you get a chance and you're not already staying at either of these hotels, please check them out. They're stunning. The Siren Hotel, gosh, adorable, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful hotel right around the corner from the Shinola Hotel. And Shinola Hotel is incredible. You guys might know if you're not from Detroit or been there before uh, about the Shinola watches. They're kind of popular in America. <laughs> the watches to me are not at all as cool as the hotel. Like go to that hotel. It is so beautiful. It's like a New York hotel and the lobby is stunning. The artwork is incredible. The food nearby right around is also top notch. There's so many great places to eat. I think I love Detroit most for visiting and eating in every restaurant. So let me name off some of them. Merrill, if that's still open, I haven't checked these places since the pandemic. So maybe some of them may have changed or moved or closed or any, something. I'm not sure, but Merrill was incredible. I believe that was West Village. I would go there with my friend Jess a lot. Um, also, San Morello is right next to the Shinola, very nice as well. But Grey Ghost was totally amazing and definitely worth watch going to. And top funny side story, I might have mentioned, I did mention, I'm sure, over the years, years ago, that I was going to have a property, a fourth property in Detroit at one point, and that was going to be right across from Grey Ghost. So anyways, it was a little part of my own history, but I really loved going there. There is coffee. The coffee that my friend that still is, is still in Detroit, she loves going to and she and I are like best buddies of design sense. She loves going to, what's the name of the coffee shop? It's around the corner from Shinola. She tells me about it all the time on the phone because I have like bi-weekly calls with her sometimes three times a week. What? Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting it. If Jess is listening to this, she'll be like, she'll be naming the thing. And she tells me she's going there all the time. I'll think about it. And if it pops in the later in the episode in my head, I'll let you know. But there's a really cool cafe around the corner from Shinola. There's just a lot of stuff. But I would say if I was going there for the first time, I would 
kind of started the Shinola and worked my way out from that area, working up and down Woodward, and then going to like, all the, at least going up to Grey Ghost would be super fun. Um, there's also the De Quinder Cut, which is a beautiful trail to go with really cool graffiti walls and stuff like that. The artwork on the walls of Detroit is incredible. There's just a lot to do, but I think the ones that I remember most fondly off the top of, oh, and then there's Grandma Bob's Pizza, Detroit-style pizza. If you've never had Detroit-style pizza, Kristen or anyone else, try some. And if you're in Austin, Texas, Via 313, which is the Detroit area code, is 313, uh, Via 313 is an Austin-centered Detroit-style pizza place. Actually, Grandma Bob's now is just as good as Via, Via 313, but for a long time, it was just Jet's Pizza and Buddy's Pizza and a few other places did the Detroit style. But uh, now Grandma Bob's is taking Via 313 for a run for its money. They do beautifully elevated Detroit-style pizzas that are incredible. So if you're in Austin, go to Via 313. If you're in Detroit, go to Grandma Bob's. Yeah, those are the ones that are all sticking out first in my mind. So those are the ones I'm going to recommend. But definitely don't worry. I think if you're in the downtown area, you should be completely fine. Or at least that's how I always felt when I was there. But granted, I was there in t for year over year in like 2017, 18, and 19 and felt great. Loved it. Next up, we have CC Page. She says, hi, Jess. Curious what your experience doing solo beanbag release emotional clearing is like. Have you done your own emotional release work solo? Thanks. And P.S. You can answer privately if it's a better fit for the question. Thank you. That's a very nice of you, CC. Okay, so yes, I do solo beanbag clearing 99.9% .9 of the time. So I actually learned to do it this way. My inner voice actually showed me beanbag releasing in the first place, which was beautiful. And yeah, I just have been doing it ever since by myself, but I love holding the space for others to learn how to do it as well. So I definitely don't think you need to always go to other people at a certain point. The quicker you can catch it and release it on your own, it's just often more efficient. But that said, for people that are beginning with this, it can be very, very helpful to have somebody help and hold space. So helping and guiding you and helping and continuing to support the building of the awareness of where they are and the building of the mind allowing to release. So if it's not like the back of your hand yet, and it's not just like brushing your teeth, then doing it with friends until it gets easier and more sustainable on your own is definitely my recommendation. But since I kind of learned it on my own from the start, I kind of just do it that way most of the time. But if I'm in a situation and I'm really triggered and up and I have the person that can hold space for me with me, I will release it with them also. Okay, now let us go to Taliata Litialia. <laughs> I think I, I butchered that username, but I'm sure she knows who she is. Asks, how are you doing? Feeling any contrast lately? Oh, yes, there are some contrasts, to be honest. They're not specifically, they're, they're affecting, you could say, my personal life, but they're not from my personal life experience per se. So I'm aware of them and they're happening around me, but I have a lot of inner peace as the contrast is happening. So that's been really nice, actually, I have to say. Um, I am very thankful that obviously I do still have other contrasts that come up that are within me and I definitely still will deal with those as needed. But the ones in the most recent horizon are actually kind of other people's things they're growing through and then I'm in stability and peace as much as possible through that. Doesn't mean my mind doesn't have opinions or you know some stories about it, but overall there is a feeling of peace and that feels really really good. So overall I'm doing quite well. I'm feeling really steady, but give it a day and it could totally change. The weather could change. I just say that. But I actually kind of to be honest, 
I think I grow so much, like leaps and bounds. But I think part of that is willing to be destabilized often. (laughs) I think sometimes there is an amazing ability that I've actually been talking with this, with Atlas about this, about especially for men being rocks and what that looks like and what that means. And also, like, obviously, I appreciate, for example, someone being a rock and steady while I'm releasing. I'm always probably got some new horizon that's like a threshold that my mind is letting go of some limitation. And now these are like very further than they were five years ago, a year ago, you name it. But there's this beautiful experience that like, for example, Atlas is super, super steady. So he's super stable, super calm almost all the time. That's just kind of his nature to be so. It's not really an effort for him. But I think that there can be a time and place where some people, whether they're called males or females, but especially I think it can be true for males, is like they're, they could stay really steady, but then do they feel like they can't grow themselves because they're going to be unstable and then they won't be a rock for the other partner? This could be male or female. It's not really specific to any gender. But I think that that's something that I'm not, I, I'm, I have loads of compassion and space for helping friends and clients heal. Like that's obviously, I'm steady for those people as they need it. But I'd say that my personality often is in that growth phase a lot of the time. So there's an instability in me, but there's always this expansion. It's kind of like a plane taking off isn't very solid rock. It's like shaking a little bit as it goes through the atmosphere and goes at climbing higher speeds, but there's this transformation that's happening very quickly. So I sometimes feel a little bit like that. Um, but next up we have Celine who says, thank you so much, Jess. It's incredible how half an hour with you can bring so much clarity on a subject. I was just driving myself crazy with for days. Oh, okay. I get this. This is actually not a Q and a, this is all DMS in my Instagram, but this is actually about a session we did and elevate with intention. Well, it's my honor, Celine. I loved working with you. I think I worked with you twice and it was totally an honor. So I'm glad I was able to help you in our time together. Oh, and I have another one. So guys, I'm going to go to some more questions, but I think I'm getting a mix of things right now that are from like last, like things about Elevate with Intention are showing up. So it says, uh, Emma Scott says, hi, Jess, loving our Elevate class and excited for the extension classes. I'd love to hear what you're enjoying, reading, watching, and listening to. Sending love, Emma. Oh, well, that's kind of cute. That's kind of a hybrid. So thank you, Emma. I'm glad you're loving the class and you're joining us for the extension. Um, What I am enjoying, reading, watching, and listening to. Okay, let's do this one at a time. So reading. I don't read a lot, <laughs> so I can say that that's really, you know, channel books if they happen, but really, I just don't read a lot of, spend a lot of time reading anymore. I'm watching, I'm loving This Is Us. So Atlas and I watch this show, This Is Us. If you guys have seen it before, you'll know. I have nicknamed it with Atlas to This Is Crying because nine, I guess in the first two seasons, it was just every episode we were tearing up. It was just like, we couldn't get through it without tearing up for the emotional joy of it. So there's, or emotional heartbreak. There's a lot of emotions get stroked in that show. So that was a really beautiful show that we're enjoying. And I also love watching YouTube videos about outfit making. This has become a new hobby obsession and pastime for a period of 2020. My mind or inner voice alignment was like makeup videos. I just became so fascinated and had so much fun learning about makeup. I always had makeup, but I never really thought about it or I never really got like interested in it. And then for a period of like a year or so, I just got obsessed with learning more about it. And then now I kind of know what I like and I've tried so many different things and I have like this whole new experience with it. So it kind of has, has found my 
my prowess has kind of come for what I like, what formulas I like, and all that kind of thing around makeup. So I think my new attention has gone to curly hair videos also and outfit videos. So that's kind of like my hobby time when Atlas is working or doing something else. I always like to pull up my YouTubes of outfit making and hair, curly hair, naturally curly hair videos because I have naturally curly hair and I'm slowly but surely going that direction. So yeah, and then listening to. I love listening to the Bella Atlas cacao ceremony music that we listen to every week in our cacao ceremonies. That's definitely probably the most consistently listened to thing. And then just my liked songs on Spotify. So just have a collection of songs that I like on Spotify and I love tuning into those as well. So, okay, now let me go. I think there are more questions. So let me, let me scroll. Okay, are you changing, a positive girls asks, are you changing your name to Bella? Ooh, good question. Not yet, but maybe in the future. So I love the name Bella. If you guys heard the Atlas, the Atlas episode, I was asked by Atlas to ask my inner voice what my name was. And it, he asked my inner voice, of course. So I asked my inner voice like he asked. And I heard the name Bella. And at first it really didn't feel personal. My mind would never have picked Bella in a million years. I never thought about the name Bella at all, at all. but it's become really dear to me because A, it was a gift from my inner voice. And the more I've thought about it, the more I feel like it's so perfect for what I love doing in this reality, staying in this reality, which it's nice. But the reason to stay for me is just the beauty of it, the beauty of nature, of food, of scents like perfumes or candles of outfits of makeup just any aspect of beauty has become something that I love to experience so Bella actually is such a cool name for something that I love so much so to be named after what I love is which is just kind of general like beauty design space I just love beautiful things so it's actually really dear to me but I don't know legally if or when I would change it. I think for now, it's just legally, but if people call me Bella, I love it. So feel free to call me Bella, Atlas calls me Bella. Some people we know do as well. Um, I don't need to be forever, you know, you call me Jess or Bella. I don't have an, like, you know, a, a care of what people choose, but it's fun to be called Bella because it's kind of this personal, joyful, happy thing in my life. Okay, now we have a man who said, I followed your travels over the years and I wonder what, things do you think most impacted your spiritual journey? If you had to recommend top three, what would they be? Okay. So thank you for the question, Amanda. I would say, what do I think most impacted my spiritual journey? Okay. You mentioned the travels over the years. I actually think the immense amount of time I was alone impacted my spiritual journey the most. Just being mostly in a time zone at all times that my inner voice could talk to me, but no one else really could. Like there would be periods where I'd be in Australia and I wouldn't be able to talk to my dear friend Eileen and or my family is very different than me. So I don't communicate with them as often at all, no matter what zone I'm in. So like there's there was a lot of aloneness. There was a lot of letting go of connections. I'd make new ones, dear new connections around the world, but they're kind of this rotating cast of characters that I was sometimes in place in the same part of the world and sometimes not. So the people that I would talk to and connect to the most wouldn't always be around me and their time zones they'd be in would be different than mine. So when I needed help or support, I had to go inside myself. So that's how my inner voice got so strong. That's how IVFT and all the things that you know me for really took off 
They were started beforehand, but they really accelerated because of that alone time. That said, that was my own inner voice's path for me. If your inner voice has planted you with three kids, a house, a husband, a dog, and three cockatoos, then that's where it's going to grow and flourish through you. So it's not about saying you have to be alone. That said, there is a portion of our community that I'm seeing more and more start to slowly travel around the world at a pace and in a way that works for them. Often they keep places in the country that they're from, but they also do do extended travel for long periods of time away from that place as well. So there's a lot of flexibility and a lot of variations showing up and it should look different. It's unique. The, there's no two exact flowers. There's no two exact rainbows, snowflakes, etc. So the nature, your own nature is going to bloom through you in a beautifully unique way. So mine needed to bloom that way. It chose it that way in the, you know, allowing of my mind and the choice of my inner voice or vice versa at times. But that was really, I think for me, very big also channeled work like Abraham Hicks, for example, or enlightened sources was huge. So finding those teachers that were non-physically, like even the collective here on the show, learning from non-physical entities or enlightened humans on the planet like Eckhart Tolle, Warren Alan Watts, um, Ramana Maharshi. There's so many amazing humans that have even spoken through bodies that have huge fast awarenesses and understandings of this reality. So those were great. And then also quantum mechanics, studying everything I could. I would just start Googling space time on PBS is the most incredible. I haven't watched it in a few years, but during my obsession with quantum mechanics, that was my go-to station to watch quantum mechanics videos. And I would just always basically tie the links between what people, people, entities like uh, Abraham Hicks and the collective would say, or non-physical teachers or enlightened people to what quantum mechanics proves. And space-time covers so much of the hardcore science, but it's done in a really entertaining and just it's just low enough for me to grasp. Like they show all the equations and stuff. I didn't like study what the letters and numbers meant. I just watched and listened to Matt O'Dowd, I think is his name, the host. He does an incredible job being super smart and intelligent and speaking to insanely smart people that are watching, but also bringing it to a relative way that I could also still understand it. So I really appreciated that. So quantum mechanics was such a relief for my mind to have some science to back up what the spirits were saying, so to speak. So those are the three for me. Okay, now we have Isabel who says, love your podcast. I would love to know if your inner voice provides guidance for both you and Atlas or mostly for your individual soul being. Great question. So my inner voice provides guidance for me and he has an inner voice Atlas does as well. And get this, you can ask the inner voice of the other people. So you can, I wouldn't do this for someone else, by the way, let me quickly just say, this is not to say do this and become like the psychic inner voice person for other people. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying is that if you have somebody in your life that you, even this is especially interesting for, let's say you have like a difficult situation with a sibling that's in another country and it's hard to communicate with them or even in your hometown, it doesn't matter where they are. If you have a difficult situation with a family member, a friend, a child, an unborn child is just coming in and you're excited to meet them, try connecting to the inner voice of these other entities or even like a grandma that passed away or a parent that passed away. Tune in, listen, ask the inner voice of the other other entity, the other person that you know, ask their inner voice for connection, communication. They will, if they're getting to the real inner voice, not the human mind of the other one, there will be peace and possibly a very different 
kind of uh, maybe perspective the inner voice of that person might share than what their humanness ever shared if they've already passed away or what they might be presenting as in their body. But you can still get insight into like how you could best show up for that person if it's hard and difficult or if they're pushing you away or if you want to find peace in a new perspective. Try tuning in by just simply intending. So when you go on your phone and you type, you know, somebody's number in, that's what you're intending to call, right? You just like click the, the contact and you intend to hear on the other line that person's voice. This is the same. So you just kind of intend with the questions you're asking and tune in and just see if you can hear. If you don't, that's totally fine, but that's something I do as well. Not just specifically for Atlas or anything, but it's something that you could do, but it wouldn't be to do it. I would never do that for Atlas saying, here's what your inner voice says about you. <laughs> I would just uh, say like, if you have like a grandma that passed or a, I know a friend who has a difficult situation with a sister who won't talk to her, she can still tune into her inner voice of the sister and find that peace that her sister in the flesh is not showing up with. So she can have some guidance on how to best support the sister as she is right now. Now we have Sharon McMillan who said, would like to know more about life and living in Portugal. How do you like my new place? I do like the new place. It's not as beautifully kept as our previous place was. Our previous place was adorable. It was maybe 80 square meters, so like very tiny, and uh, not super tiny, but it was small, and it basically fit in the living room. The entire flat before probably would fit in the living room of this one. So it's size-wise. We've named each of the rooms a country because we're so shocked by how large it is and how much space there is. It was such a different experience after a year and a half of the little beloved place that we could hear every sniffle and cough and word that was spoken from anywhere in any part of the apartment before. Now we're like, to talk to each other, we're like yelling down the hall. If he's in like the office in the living room and I'm in the bedroom, it's so far apart that we called the office in the living room Canada and we have Australia is the bedroom and Tasmania is the bathroom off the bedroom and Bali is, these aren't accurate to where they are on the map, but we just named them fun names. Like I think Mexico is the entryway and Poland is the guest room and Ireland's another guest room. So yeah, we just did funny names. So we say, where is that? What's like, where is that book I left? And we're like, oh, it's in Canada. <laughs> then we know based on the region of the house we're in, but it's, it's nice, but it's not as well kept as the previous one. So there's some cracks and, you know, moldings and stuff that weren't taken care of over the last five to 10 years. I think this previously was an Airbnb before. So that said though, I will say, even though we came in and there was like random pieces of art on the wall that was like really disjointed energy and just really, really not that great. There were a few gems um, and there are some beautiful windows, beautiful views, beautiful space. It's kind of all the pieces of contrast. I find this kind of funny that Abraham says, you know, you get contrast and then you want the other things. So if you don't have enough closet space, you end up wanting more closets. And now you know for the next place you want more closet space. Well, everything I wanted that the other place didn't have, like more closet space, literally, and more high ceilings and more space and a view and more light we get in this flat. But all the beautiful things I loved about the other flats, we don't have. Like the quality of the renovation being so beautiful. The bathrooms being stunning and really enjoyable to be in. You know, we didn't, everything else about the flat isn't. So the contrasting pieces, you could say, that I was manifesting, I got the other half of what I didn't have before. But I didn't get the same pieces. Also, the location is a nice area, but it's certainly not my beloved Praça das Flores. So I still go back to Praça das Flores pretty much daily. Um, but it's a 15-minute walk rather than it's outside my door. Um, so that I do 
wish. So it's like half and half. So it's definitely not our forever place, but it's really, if we were to own it and renovate it, it would be ideal for all of the benefits that it does have. It just needs some love and a little TLC. We've actually given it, I will say also, a load of care and love. We put beautiful little lights that I love that are sitting next to the bed that really gave a sense of like presence and care. We got better linens. We got a toilet seat that actually is the right shape for the toilet it's on, (laughs) which is something I've never seen that someone replaced a toilet seat with the wrong shape. So it would keep closing on you and it's a square toilet with a round toilet seat. So that was not fun the first week, but Atlas was great and got a new toilet seat that matches the actual toilet. So we've just been giving it a lot of love And I'm really happy we have because it's making it really enjoyable to be in it for the time, whatever amount that becomes for us here. But it's definitely not our forever place. Okay, so now we have Global Wine Collective. You said, question for the podcast. How do you look at things happening in the world like the war in Ukraine? For the mind, it's so upsetting sometimes and hard to know how to approach it. Okay, so I'll say what the first question with Emily had asked. Go into your inner voice about how do I approach the war in Ukraine? What can I do? Inner voice, are you upset about this? Inner voice, what? How come you're not upset about this? I'm very upset about this. How can that be? Those kind of things. Ask a lot, a lot of questions. If you get upset by any answers you hear from your inner voice, just keep asking, why is that possible? Why are you okay with that? Why are you still at peace? Or what should I do? Or what can I do? Or how much should I watch the news? How much should I not watch the news? How would you like me to consume news? What should I do about social media, etc.? Is there something I should share on social media or not? Asking your inner voice is the wisest thing you can do because it's the wisest aspect of you. So of course you have free will, you can use your mind all day long, but this is the place that's got that wisdom for you. So I would suggest going there. Now we have LK who says, is stress beneficial or can it be beneficial or is it unnecessary for humans now? Love your pod loyally from way back. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, is stress beneficial or can it be? Okay, and I love the follow-up or is it unnecessary for humans now? I believe the collective spoke about this on the show as well. So what I've heard from the non-physicals is stress, stress shows contrast. So you could look at it as a vibrational low setting you up for the next vibrational high. Now, the big thing about stress is if you can, and this is the hardest jump to make for a human, as Abraham says over and over again in every basic episode they ever have of their communication with humans, is not focusing on what you don't want and what is happening in front of you is the hardest thing because the mind wants to look and focus on what it is seeing or experiencing, which is the stress, rather than see the stress and then focus on not being stressed in order to be not stressed and find the solutions to whatever is causing the stress in the first place. So that's, you know, a whole bunch of often feedback releasing and inner voicing to find that ability to let go of the focus that would want to otherwise remain on the stress, but it can create that contrast that then creates the next outcome. As long as you don't stay focused on the contrast and stay focused on the contrast and stay focused on the contrast. But as far as is it unnecessary, what I've heard the channel say is suffering is now becoming unnecessary. It's still very prevalent on the planet, suffering, but the the prevalence of it, even you could just say, does not need to be as prevalent. So that's for something like I'm very, very passionate about the EWB for years. We've been giving the hypnotherapy away for free to help people that have had extremely traumatic events happen in their lives to help them release themselves from the suffering ongoing year after year, decade after decade after the event has taken place. So I cannot personally stop 
any of the chaos that this, that this humanity is supposed to, that has, that the contrast that it has. I cannot stop the things that are happening over time as trauma is not passed around with the beanbag, so to speak, projecting and protecting at each other all the time. This will become less and less. But in the meantime, I can't stop that from happening. But what I know that we, as a foundation, for example, and what I felt really passionate about was releasing the suffering, releasing the pain that goes on and on and on inside of the body and the mind after the experience has happened. So that's why we love giving away hypnotherapy. We still do. By the way, if you want to go over to livelycommunityfoundation.org, you can look up what communities we're currently serving we change it up and rotate it as needs provide like we are still doing I think we're still doing sexual abuse as well or sexual trauma situations that's been our consistent one from get-go we've always had a consistent stream of clients coming in for that and also it's just something that I initially knew I wanted to help with first and we've added many many other categories over the years since then so you can go see what other ones we're, we're currently serving as well but that part the suffering the ongoing mind continuation of those beanbags is what we can let go of so that piece of it is the suffering the long after the initial trauma the suffering that happens in the mind after that that we can't stop the trauma or the you say the contrast of everything even if it's something like falling off I have a friend that had a for example a husband she was with and she he was hit by a rock in Mount Kilimanjaro and died in front of her shocking that situation is shocking that is duality you know obviously they can do their best to make sure that rocks don't fall off Mount Kilimanjaro and kill people obviously they can do their best for safety measures but that said, stuff still happens. Gravity's still there. People still have car accidents. People still, you know, plane crashes happen, fires happen. Duality's still here. So for my example with my friend, I love my friend, and she had that happen. Well, the husband passed away and transitioned, but she stayed and she had her own experience of that to either hold on and stay in a very long experience, understandably, of suffering, or to release the suffering that could otherwise build in the mind and let it go so that she was no longer suffering. The experience still happened. Her husband still died either way, but her life did not have to be full of suffering going forward. So releasing that level of the trauma that's still actively present instead of in a state of wisdom and release that is the transition we can make that releases the suffering factor or the length of suffering on the planet. And that's what we can do. So that I'm really personally excited about and passionate about being a support of. And that's why I love what we do because it just to me is like the piece of the planet that I feel personally most actively active about because after all the neurology studies and all of the stuff, I have so much compassion that duality happens but our way that our brains and our emotions wire to those events over and over again for decades of our life after that, that doesn't have to stay the same. That can be released. And hypnotherapy is so far the most powerful, consistent measure that I've found for the you know, general population in deep and profound ways. So that's where I serve. Obviously, we have the living room for beanbags and inner voicing as well for other topics in addition. But I just love helping to let go of that suffering because it's so prevalent, understandably. So, But also, there are we're, we're getting ways to help. We're finding ways to help release the suffering on the planet, one person at a time. 
Next up, we have Anna Rapp who said, how do you know when it's time to pivot in your business or start a new business or life direction? Anna, it's very simple. When it feels good or when it feels right. Now, sometimes your inner voice will be guiding you to making a pivot like this, and you'll have beanbags on top of that inner voice guidance, and then there'll be a tension in you. Because if you don't have any beanbags, you'll just do what you're doing and having fun with what you're having fun with until you're not having fun with it anymore, and then you'll stop, and then something new will start, and you'll go do that until it's not fun, and then you'll pivot and do something new. And so that's a natural, unbeanbagged, untraumatized, you know, I say trauma being, it doesn't have to be super intense, but un fearful mind will just live naturally into that. And that's basically how I live for most of my career. It's very, I think I've actually reflected on this recently. I now wonder if the fact that I never had a full-time job anywhere else, so I never picked up any patterns or expectations from the workplace, good or bad. I didn't have any, I was kind of neutral and new to it all. The fact that I always work for myself, I wonder if that helps me have less beanbags around the topic of work in the end. I think that it was very stressful and beanbag inducing around money in the beginning because I started with $700 saved uh, from my little jewelry company and then just full-time had a, made a company out of it out of nowhere with $800 a month rent. So I just had to make it work and I did. But I think that that it didn't give me a lot of like bosses and beanbags to release from things that happened at work or a hierarchy or any of those other things. I think a lot of things that good or bad habits you can learn from the examples of others in the workplace didn't happen for me. So for me, it's pretty clear. It's clean for me to do what feels good and let go when it doesn't after I got that alignment within about money and the unknown of money for the whole career. That was the hard piece for me. But the other piece about doing what feels good, pretty easy. Um, if it's not easy... There's possibly beanbags of fear, stories of expectation, judgment, shame, that kind of stuff, showing unworthiness, showing up that are blocking the mind from just following the intuitional flow of the work. And so there, again, releasing beanbags, I'm thinking of one of our, <laughs> I'd say like star members of Elevate with Intention, those that took the class. I, I won't say his name so that, you know, if you, if you end up taking the recordings, you'll see him in it. And if you took the class, you know who I'm talking about, but our our star male of our of our class, he was so cool. He had some beanbags in the beginning of week one about leaving his job that was very successful and lucrative and really supportive of his family. But his inner voice had been guiding him to pivot and do something completely new and fun and playful and creative in his life, even though his previous job was very traditional and successful and lucrative. And so there's a lot of fear in the mind original, initially about that. But as we released some beanbags and did the inner voicing, he just by week three and four just like was not even the same person. And I remember one of the cool things I had asked his inner voice in the week one was if you were in charge of his body, when would you quit the job? And his inner voice said in about a month. And we were yesterday, one month later since the first call. And I asked him in the hot seat, I was like, okay, so how are you feeling? And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm doing some things and then I'm gonna quit in about a week. And it's just about a month. So it's about five weeks. And it's amazing that at the beginning of when he heard that, his mind thought he would wait till the end of the year. But then once he released the beanbags and heard his inner voice, there was no more resistance to following the inner voice. So then it was just the most natural thing his mind could take. So he's super thriving and it's amazing to see the power of the transformation he had, but here's an example of it took him to release and hear the inner voice before he could let go. So now, we, and the beanbag releasing was helpful. So Sophia, Silfa, 
Korg says, would love to know your perception of outer beauty has evolved over the years and what that looks like. I recall a few years ago, you were thinking about Botox and I'm curious what you think about it now. Thank you and love, love, love your show. Ah, thank you for that. I think it's about doing whatever brings you joy and alignment. So do what brings you joy and alignment. If Botox brings you joy and alignment, do Botox. If it doesn't, don't do it. That's what I would say. I would, I would say there's no right other than your inner voice. And if your inner voice wants to do it, doesn't want to do it, or doesn't care whether you do it or not, that's the place you should be listening. I think that there are so many ways to make people right or wrong in the outer world, but it's truly irrelevant what other people quote unquote think. It's not pleasant when people project their opinions on other people, but it's really about you finding that peace and place within you where you are happy and comfortable inside of you at the deepest level about your choices. So go there, find your peace there and for me, outer beauty, how it's evolved, I I think beautiful beauties, I don't know. I don't really have I think my perception of outer beauty. I don't know. I <laughs> I look at beauty as beautiful and it's I guess like trends change. So if you could say perception of outer beauty has evolved, I can look at perceptions of what I prefer differently. But um, I guess the one thing I could think of that feels different over outer beauty is naturally curly hair, which I have. Um, I've really noticed that my awareness started to turn to and Atlas loves. He, he has curly hair himself and I do too. We have actually almost the same kind of tight coils, super coily, but like almost like, I think I've, I've now been watching those curly hair videos and I think I'm a 3A so it's pretty tight, I think, in my, if I remember back to college. I, my mind, of course, wishes that was like the loose, wavy ones. That would be my mind's choice. But I actually have, even though I have this like tighter curl pattern than my mind would necessarily say it would choose if it could just go to the wig store and pick a, pick a curly hairstyle, <laughs> I would say that I have noticed my awareness be drawn to naturally curly hair of any you know level, whether it's 1A or 3C, doesn't really matter, and just really enjoy the naturalness of it. And so with Atlas's consistent and persistent uh, enthusiasm over the transition, I have keratin in my hair and lots of bleach from different experimenting of blonde over the last few years that um, this is a, there's a fair bit of my hair is damaged, so it's not like I can just like switch over to curly and the patterns all like consistent. Some of it's pretty stick straight and some of it's super, super curly because it wasn't super affected by the keratin or color. So I'm living in a bit of an in-between world. So I'm being slow and gentle with myself on the transition for myself. But that said, I am enjoying that. And that's actually kind of led by the encouragement of Atlas and also my own inner voice, loving, naturally expressive hair, you could say, where before it really, my mind was probably overshadowing and like really, really just like the really pretty blow dry waves, which I still do, but not as much as I used to. Okay. Now we have Molly Kennedy who said, hi Jess, I just started listening to your podcast and I'm obsessed. My ADHD brain has been jumping around listening to shows and I've heard her mention of beanbag, but I can't seem to find a podcast where you first explain it. Can you point me in the right direction? Thanks. Okay. Well, thank you for popping around. The reason you haven't found it is because there's no, I mention it all the time, but I don't teach it in a podcast because it would be like doing a podcast about surfing versus a surf lesson. So a surf lesson means you're in the water and you're with an instructor and they're showing you the board and the ocean and the waves and they're with you physically in the 3D doing that with you alongside you to help you get the feel for it. 
A podcast about surfing describes the elements and the concepts of surfing, but it doesn't give you the feeling of what the ocean feels like, what the waves that day are like, what the board is like, how big the board is compared to your body. You're not getting any of that physical perceptual feedback. So I use the living room and the free classes I keep mentioning to be a place for you to learn directly. So kind of like free surf lessons, so to speak. So you'll be better at surfing with a free surf lesson than you would with a free podcast about surfing. So go over to JessLively.com and then in the upper navigation, you'll see the living room and events. You can click on the calendar and pick one that works for you, but that'll give you that direct firsthand with a facilitator walking you through the process. And yeah, super recommend that as a place to find the beanbag releasing. Okay guys, and there you have it. Thank you so much for all the questions. This, like I said, was a, uh, I think one of the biggest intakes of questions I've had in quite a while. So I was having so much fun going through them with you. So happy I was able to share I hope that, of course, you take what you resonate with, leave the rest, go into your inner voice for everything. <laughs> and as always, until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today.